Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. I had a very awesome opportunity for about a year in my career. So when we started Brand Builders Group, one of the clients that we had fairly early on was a gentleman named Glenn Sanford. And Glenn, it was the billionaire founder and owner of EXP Realty. Well, while we were working with Glenn, he actually had opportunity to buy Success Magazine. And he bought Success Magazine and asked me to come over and be the interim editor. A lot of people don't know this, but I was the interim entrepreneurship editor of Success Magazine for like a year. And I really loved it. It was the first time I actually worked inside of a traditional media company on the back end. I had written articles and stuff, but never like sort of seen the back end. So I was there at Success Magazine. While I was there, I got introduced to an amazing woman named Lauren Cannon, who you are about to meet. Lauren has worked at Success Magazine. She worked for a while with Brendan Burchard. She now has her own marketing agency and she does a lot in the world of marketing automation and funnels. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I really like her and she, like me, I think is a fellow nerd, but she doesn't look like a nerd. She doesn't act like a nerd, but she is so smart and so brilliant at what she does. I just felt like you needed to have a conversation or listen into a conversation with me and Lauren. Her agency is called Make It Pretty. So anyways, Lauren, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. So how did you get into the world of marketing automation? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, it's not that, the industry is not that old, but you've been in this space for a minute. I have, yeah, almost 10 years now. So I started with project management. I just, success had brought me over and we were launching new courses and we were doing events and they needed help organizing it. And at the time I was the project manager of all things and process engineering. I love figuring out how things work and how to make them work better and more efficiently. And through the course of doing that, I just started learning every single skill there was in marketing, everyone's role to where I developed to be able to do it. And then I started to put myself further and further into marketing positions. Uh huh. Yeah. So you got introduced to the world of marketing automation. And then mm-hmm. can you just, for somebody listening who like isn't familiar with that term, when they hear marketing automation, and let's go ahead and talk about funnels at the same time. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, I'm a funnel hacker and I know all about funnels, but I think there's a lot of people who still kind of hear that term and go, isn't that what info marketers do? Or like, that's mm-hmm. only certain types of people. Can you just define marketing automation and funnels? How would you define those terms? I would say, you know, specifically, especially with the world that we're in, the industry we're in, as you say, the mission-driven messengers, it's a vehicle for delivering that mission and that message in the most effective and efficient way. We want to make sure that someone is spending more time and energy on developing that mission and developing that message and less time and energy on the delivery of it. Funnels and marketing automations are going to be how you can 
not only constantly serve people, but how you can constantly reach more people. And it becomes this endless cycle of people coming into your world and into your mission. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, you know, when I think about it, it's going in a tactical sense, you're driving people to your website or to a landing page. Typically, you're offering them some type of value and now some type of a lead magnet, a free asset. They're Mm -hmm. downloading it or subscribing or tuning into a a webinar or a challenge or something. And then they're on your email list. But there's a lot more between that and getting them to buy. And I think a funnel covers the distance between, okay, I, I gave you my email address, but between getting their email address and making a purchase, to me, like that's where funnels live. And a lot of people don't know that much about them because they're invisible. Even when you're going through one as a prospect or a customer, you often don't Mm -hmm. realize you're inside of this ornately designed infrastructure and architecture. But would that sync up with how you think of it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are so many people who, like you said, they can funnel hack, they'll hack a funnel, you know, a big launch that just happened in the space was Marie Forleo's copy cure. She just opened that up. So you can sign up for her lead magnet, get all the emails, see the sales page, and then ultimately buy or not. But essentially you have the whole email. So now you've hacked the funnel, let's say, but there is so much more that happens outside of that period of time that Marie has done to develop that sale. And so that's what really a funnel is. It's a whole launch system that is year round in your business, delivering content in different ways and segmenting your audience in different ways so that you're delivering value to what that specific person needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think are some of the most practical examples of funnels, either that you've seen or that you've worked on or that you build where you go, here's how and where and when you mm-hmm. would use a funnel. And and by the way, just for everyone, if you're totally new to this term, I kind of think of as marketing automation as basically like the tools and the process and the science of building funnels, which are these mm-hmm. sort of automated nurture sequences to move someone from, okay, I'm on your email list to now I'm going to buy or I'm following you on social, but now I'm going to ultimately become a customer. So what are the use cases, I guess, of these that you think are either the most common or you think everyone should have, or just that you kind of work on a lot Mm -hmm. We've worked on a lot with speakers who, after they deliver a keynote speech, they want to leave the audience with something to continue connecting with them and build that that relationship. And, you know, if you're a speaker, that connection you make with the audience is one of the most valuable connections you can make. And you don't want to walk out the door without giving them the option to continue that relationship. So we'll do a lot of lead generation from stage where if there's a QR code and typically something that is related to your keynote, but is truly of value to that audience member, something that's going to help them take whatever your presentation was and either apply it to their lives or accelerate their results into achieving the results you shared. So not necessarily the slides or something like that, but maybe it's an ebook. We've done quizzes and things like that. So getting these people into your email list is always number one. And then from there, it's really inviting them into this conversation with you. So not necessarily selling right away, just say, hey, I'm so glad to connect. Here's my best content. And you want to deliver three to five excellent pieces of value content and just 
get them to keep opening your emails. And you just build these nurture sequence along the way. And then as you have offers that are related to that segment, starting to build in the sales sequences. Uh huh. So that's a great example. So you're on stage, you're doing a speech, speech comes to the end, you say, hey, here's a free tool I put together for you. I'd love to stay in touch text this number or go to this URL mm-hmm. or scan this QR code or whatever. And then it takes them to a page or it could be if it's a text opt-in, I guess they're just like sending a message and now they're on your email list. Mm-hmm. And then you said like three to five excellent pieces. Is there like a rule you follow of like the ratio of how much value you really should be given before you ask for a sale or when you ask for a sale or like what are some of philosophically speaking what are some of those transition points in your mind where you go, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to shift the conversation to like, I'm building the relationship, I'm adding value, I'm basically giving you free instruction, advice, whatever, encouragement, to then shifting towards making a sale and asking mm-hmm. for money from somebody? Yeah, typically the sequence I follow is they enter your email list, they saw you on stage, they enter your email list. The first email they get is a personalized thank you. I've got you here. This is the tool. This is how you're going to make the most of this tool. And I'll be checking in with you tomorrow and see how things are going. And then that second email that is automatically kicks off in your sequence is going to say, again, following up on the tool saying, I really hope you've seen this and this in the tool. Here's how I have this piece, this video that really shows how this tool can effectively make your life better. And then there might be a PS, I've got more coming soon, just kind of teasing that you are going to sell them, but you're still delivering content. And then that third email is going to be another piece of value content that you've already got written if you've got blogs or videos. And it's also going to be a bigger teaser that's like, hey, if you're interested, I've got this program that I'm going to tell you more about tomorrow stay tuned, keep your eyes on your inbox. And then as you get into email four and five, you can start to build that sale up. And it really depends on what your offer is. If your offer is something in the 20s, you know, it's a low ticket 27 to 129 kind of offer, you can start to build that in around email three and four. If your ticket is something that's really high in, let's say $1,000 to $5,000, you're probably going to be doing what we call lead stacking. So you're going to have almost another lead magnet that they're going to raise their hand for. That's going to give them a little bit more of a sales sequence in it. So a webinar or something like that. And then you're going to put them into that sequence. Got it. Uh Uh-huh. One of the things you shared with me, which I thought was powerful, is this relationship between the lead magnet and the offer. So talk us through what that means and why that matters. Yeah, it's a lot of people, you'll throw together a lead magnet. You know you need to build an email list and you know you need a lead magnet to do that. You see opted pages and that is the best way to build your email list. But a lot of things that I see where we need to go and fix some funnels is they have the wrong lead magnet for what they offer. So you need to make sure that what lead magnet you're showing people is going to align with your offer. Because if it doesn't, it's going to create a lot of misaligned connection points in that you may not have a properly segmented audience. So your lead magnet may attract an audience that can't afford your offer. And then your lead magnet 
content has nothing to do with your offer. I see lead magnets as a sliding scale in terms of their perceived value and how it connects to your offer. So if you have a high ticket offer, an ebook is not going to be the best lead magnet because going from a free, let's call it 20 page ebook into a $5,000 program, that's a really big jump. So you want it, the more interactive and hands-on you are in your lead magnet, the higher price your offer can be. I love that. So basically the higher the price of the offer, the more valuable the lead magnet needs to be. Yes. Okay. And then when you mentioned, you say the lead magnets are like a sliding scale of perceived value. So if an ebook is on the low end, Mm -hmm. what would be high end lead magnets? Let's say you do have a a six month one-on-one coaching program and it costs a thousand dollars a month, right? So you have a Mm $6,000 offer, something like that. How would you do the lead magnet differently? I would do a live webinar, but for something like that, I would do the lead magnet stacking method where you may have someone, especially if you're going with cold traffic, you have this six month coaching program and they haven't heard of you yet. They haven't bought into what you have to offer, what your mission is, and they you need to build that trust and rapport still. So you may start with a quiz or an ebook, something that is on the lower end of the perceived value chain. And through that, you're going to say, okay, I've given you value. I know this about you. And so I know that X is going to help you even more, which would be your main lead magnet in a live webinar. The higher the ticket, I would do a live webinar. If you're looking at something that's maybe 2,500, you can do an on-demand webinar, but something like 6,000, I would do a live webinar because what happens in those situations, one of the best ways to convert someone into something like that is a live transformation. So we have people that we see that go live on Instagram every single day and do free coaching. But what they're doing is they're building this this audience that sees these live transformations happening and they can fill up their mastermind of it or something like that. So the more you can create that live experience, the more people will pay. Interesting. So when you say like on-demand webinar, just to be clear, Mm -hmm. so you're talking about like a pre-recorded automated Is that what you mean by an on-demand webinar? Yes. Okay. And you're saying that you might be able to, if you said, okay, I'm going to give away a quiz or an ebook or maybe a quiz, then an ebook, then an invitation to a webinar, then they're on a webinar, then at the end of the webinar, which you're adding some value for an hour of the webinar Mm -hmm. or something, then at the end of that, now you could make a $1,500, $2,000 offer, something like that. And you're saying that could be a pre-recorded webinar but yes. if you're going to go north of that, then you would basically invite people to like watch a live coaching, or like a live coaching session of you with somebody. Yes. And I would spend that time. You may say it's a, an hour long. I would spend that time, the first bit of time teaching, have it make sure it's a, a masterclass on, you know, part of your framework. Then you want to open it up to be able to interact with that audience and provide coaching transformations. And all along the way, once you get to that segment, you're starting to infuse what you sell and say, you know, in my coaching program, we go deeper into this and starting to build into that message. 
Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Just to talk about the funnel example. So it's like mm-hmm. maybe they saw you speak on stage, then you had an offer for a ebook, then you invite them to a webinar, and then at the end of the webinar, you sell something or you invite them to... I guess you would invite them to a live webinar Mm -hmm. and then you still basically do a webinar, but you're saying incorporating the element of like a live coaching session where they see someone go through the process would then be, is like a key thing for selling a high, high, like North of a few thousand dollars. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. How do you use the funnels in the follow-up sequence? I mean, I guess I would just be curious. Let's say you did that. Let's say you built all that out. And you go, okay, I'm speaking and they're getting this free thing. And then they're showing up for a webinar or they're here live. They watch this live coaching experience. In your experience, do most of the people that are going to buy, buy right at that moment when you make the offer? Or is there a follow-up that happens afterwards? There's a follow-up that happens afterwards. And I would say from doing, we've built so many launches over the years. And there's really this, this sweet spot when it comes to your launch. And even if you're doing an evergreen, it follows the same type of sequence. It just turns on and off. And so you're going to get about 20% of your sales from that webinar. So 20% of the sales you do in your launch are going to come from the webinar. The rest of your sales are going to come in the last 24 to 48 hours Mm. of your launch. And that doesn't mean that you can have a two-day launch and the rest of your sales come in the next day. We actually have found the best launch timeline is 12 days. And so that creates this ability for you to share more stories and transformations as you lead into that final close down. And so in those last 48 hours, about 70% of your sales are going to come in and you're going to send probably somewhere between five and six emails. And so throughout that 12-day period, you're sending most like an email every single day, but they're very prescriptive. You want to focus on a feature that's in your program, but highlighting it through the benefits language. And you also want to have emails that act as your FAQ. But when you ask questions in your email marketing, you're not not answering questions like, how many video modules is this? It's more of, this is what I have going on in my life. How is this program going to fit in my schedule? You're thinking of what are the sales objections someone's going to have, and you're using those as the questions and doing FAQs through that. And then you're sharing more case studies and stories of testimonials through that 12-day window. Uh huh. And did I catch that? Did you say that you think that roughly 70% of the sales will come in like the last 48 hours? Yes. And you said you send something like usually like two emails on the second to last day and then like four emails on the on the last day of the day of. Yes. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. It's a lot of emails. You know, if you're out there funnel hacking, you'll notice like there are some that send 10 emails on that last day. But part of what we talked about earlier with the funnels, it's a lot of what happens outside of that window. So someone may be on your list and receiving all these emails and you're going to get a higher number of unsubscribes during that period. That's naturally going to happen. Once that's finished, what you do outside that period is you're building that list back up so that when you come back around to launch a significant high ticket, you have a new list of people. And then you also have this list of people that they really enjoyed the messages. They really enjoyed the emails with the stories that you shared, but they just weren't ready to buy yet. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. To me, that's really encouraging and such an important thing for people to know. Because you do this webinar, right? You like put all this effort into it and then a couple people buy, you know, if you have a couple people buy and then you're just like totally deflated and defeated, like it doesn't work, like this whole thing. And you have to have the follow-up part of it to pull this all together. Mm-hmm. So using that like 12-day sequence, is it basically like the first two or three days are getting people to show up for the webinar? And then on like day four, you run the webinar And then day five and six is a replays of the webinar. And then basically five to seven days of here's a case study. Here's a question. Here's a story. Here's an extra bonus if you Mm -hmm. sign up. And then it all ends with there's a deadline. And on this deadline, there's four emails on that day. Is that kind of the rough arc of it? Yeah. Yeah. I know this is a hard question to ask and to be be pinned down on. But if you go through this whole process, right, because this is like it's a lot of work and it's time and it's money. You build the funnel, you write the emails, you build the email list, you put together the webinar, you do the webinar, you have the live coaching, you have the follow-ups, like you do all this stuff. In your eyes, what do you see as a successful conversion percentage of a funnel, right? Let's just say you start with a 10,000 person email list Mm -hmm. and go, you know, if I have a 10,000 person email list, how does that whittle down to become how many customers in your eyes where you go, gosh, this would be awesome this would be like pretty solid. And then anything less would be like, yeah, it's less, you know, it's very much not what we would hope for. Talk me through that. Yeah. So I would say, and I'm not great at mental math, so you may have to help me here. Okay, I can help you do the percentages. (laughs) But if you have like a 10,000 person email list and you send out, I'm doing this free masterclass, it's going to be live, it's your webinar. And let's say about of your 10,000, 500 sign up for that webinar. You're not going to get a huge chunk of people. And then from that 500, about 70% would actually show up to the webinar. And that's a really good show up rate. It may be more like 50%. Okay. And then from that, the people that stayed on and watched and are now in your sequence, they would probably generate about 5% of sales would be good from that 500. But I would say, I would still say 5% of the 500. That's what I would track as the math. However, you're still going to be emailing your list. Even if they didn't show up, that's where those fourth days are great, where it's saying, hey, you missed it. Here's the replay. And they have a couple of days to watch the replay. And even if they don't ever watch, you're still sending them through that sales cycle. Yeah. So like 5% basically of, we call that term funnel conversion percentage, which is the 500 Mm -hmm. that opted in a good solid funnel would be like 5%. So 10% would be 50. So 25% would be 25 people. So if you had 500 Mm -hmm. people sign up for the webinar, 
Some would show, a bunch wouldn't show. Some would watch the replay, some wouldn't. And then I always find it ironic because it's like some of the people who actually buy didn't do anything. They signed up for the first oh, yeah. email, waited to the last minute, saw the bonuses and were like, yep, I'm in. And never like watched mm-hmm. anything. Yep. So we are always... all natural born procrastinators. I mean, uh-huh. like you say, procrastinate on purpose. So that's why that those last days, that's why the timeline is the timeline because people are going to wait until that very last minute. And even then, and that's what's the hardest is co- telling people, do not stick to your word. Do not open that cart back up when you close the cart because I've done it myself where I've had FOMO on, on a course. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I know I saw the 27 emails that I got from this and it was going to end. But the next morning I was like, I'm ready to buy. And it's gone. You have to stick to it because you're going to open it back up. And that integrity you're building with that person is going to convert them. Mm -hmm. But I think that again, just it's good to have you walk through that. And I'm glad you said that because those numbers would match up reasonably with what we would hope for. I mean, our best converting funnel that we have is a summit funnel. And it's me interviewing Mm -hmm. a lot of our like pretty well-known clients. And Mm -hmm. we see about 8% of those people will request a call. So a conversion Mm -hmm. for us is that's not even a credit card. That's like they request a call. And then Mm -hmm. outside of that, we've got some evergreen webinar funnels that convert at like 5%, but most of them are closer to like two and a half to 4%. And we've got some video funnels that convert at 1.3%. But if you start with 10,000 people, you might go, oh, man, I'm such a failure. I got 20 people to sign up. And it would be like, that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. And you're doing good. And I mean, that's a big part because it kind of like you said, you're building a lead magnet. You're building pages. You're putting people through a webinar. You're doing so much and people burn out from it. You want to maximize your work and not your effort. And so it's like you, you have to create all these things. But once you've created it once you can just recycle it. I mean, I can't tell you with there are certain funnels out there that they launch twice a year, every single year. I've gotten the same exact emails in that sales sequence for three years in a row. Mm. And it took me two years before I ended up buying that program. And so it is that like you put in a lot of work and effort to build this funnel, but you can keep it on, tweak it as you go. Everything should start with your program and what you provide, the value you provide and be extracted from that. So if you've got a coaching program, take one piece of the framework that you've already created and just tweak it a little bit here and there and turn that into your lead magnet yeah. or turn that into your webinar script. There's just so much repurposing and reusing. People start from scratch and you should never start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for evergreen or on-demand webinars? Evergreen and on-demand, I usually like to use those as like my mid-ticket kind of funnel. Like if you have multiple offers in your offer suite, I like to use those in my mid-ticket price and low-ticket. Evergreen is, I feel like it's this unicorn people chase and they think that they'll sustain an entire business on an evergreen model. You need those launches infused there to get those like big pickups of revenue. And then for evergreen, we've run them in the past where, and we have one currently running where it's to a book and then to a mini course into their entire offer sequence. And the secret to it is making sure you build in nurture sequences along the way. So when you do that, say you come off of a sale, you want to make sure you have 
about four weeks of just value sequences. And it's not an email every day, but you're you're providing value and then you're leading into the next thing. And that's how you can kind of turn that evergreen. Uh-huh. And you're just saying basically like in a series of ascending offers from like mm-hmm. a book to a course to whatever, but you have, it's like a bunch of mini funnels that you sort of string mm-hmm. together with like a value funnel or a value chain in yep. between there of just sort of cooling the jets for a minute and going back yes. and adding value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's really, really interesting. Well, y'all. So if you're interested in more of this from Lauren and you want to find out more, we set up a little link. If you go to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash Lauren, this is our affiliate link. As I said, she's someone that I have loved working with. I trust her. I enjoyed getting to know her. Every time we talk and hang out, I pick up some really good stuff. And this has been awesome, Lauren. I think even as someone who spent a lot of time studying funnels myself, like I always pick up new things and tidbits from this. So last thing I would just ask you is if someone is considering their very first funnel right now, what would you say Mm -hmm. to them? If they've never done this before, but they're kind of like thinking about it, what do you think they should know? I think one of the most important things to know, if you're thinking about this and you don't know where to start is focus on providing as much value as possible in the front end. Do not be afraid to tell people what you do and lift the curtains and they want to buy the how. So people will hold back on how much value they share, but they want to buy they want to buy the house. So always provide that value. And then knowing that your product is not your offer. So really focus on how are you helping someone apply and accelerate their results? And that's going to be your offer. Once you have a solid offer, then you're ready to launch. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that about helping them apply and accelerate their offer. Like, And that's what it's really about, right? We're really trying to, mm-hmm. we're not just trying to make money from a stranger and be like, ah, we won. We got you. We convinced you to give us your money. Like we're trying to deliver a result for people. And I think that's the part that is the difference between slime and service. And that's the part that I think people can vet out and they can sense you're just trying to sell me something versus you actually care about helping me achieve this transformation. So thanks for that, Lauren. We really appreciate it. And we wish you all the best, my friend. Awesome. Thank you, Rory. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 